in the parsha of Pinchas, there is the, 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 the story of Pinchas we're all aware of. We know about it. We know what happened where Pinchas, uh, end of last week's parsha, where he kills, he, he kills the, one of the Nasim of Bnei Israel, one of the great, uh, like great leaders of the Jewish people, who for whatever reason kind of just went totally off the path and started uh, um, cavorting with one of the um, Moabite women, Moabite princesses. He kills him, he takes the spears, kills him, and because of that he gets this brocha of, uh, of, of Shalom. And then, the, then there are a few other beautiful things that happen in the parsha. Yehoshua is now appointed as the next leader of the Jewish people. And immediately after that, the, uh, is really what I want to focus on, is what's called the Korban Tamid. So the, um, the Korban Tamid, uh, well, it's all the Korban, not actually. The, the Torah says, it's in Bamidbar, if anyone wants to go see it, it's Bamidbar, chapter 28, uh, number 1 to 8. Which is really what I'm going to focus on if we, um, if we get all of it. So the, the, the Torah tells us, says the following, Hashem speaks to Moshe and he says to him the following, Tzavet B'nei Yisrael, speak, order, command, B'nei Yisrael, alehem and say to them, et korbani lachmi le'ishai, the uh, korbani, my korban, lachmi, my bread, le'ishai, as a, for my fire, reyach nichochi, for my, um, uh, sweet smelling offering it must be um, you must bring in its appointed time and from this from here we see this uh, what the Torah is going to speak about is that what we call the Korban Tamid the Korban Tamid is a is a Korban Ola and Ola means it's a Korban that is brought the entire animal is sacrificed to Hashem is brought up and the entire animal is brought some some aren't there are certain Korbanot uh, like the, what we call the Korban Shlamim where the Korban is is brought up as a korban, but the meat is eaten by the, uh, by the kwanim, sometimes by the people who bring it up, it all depends on the korban. But the korban tamid is a complete offering that's brought up and everything's burnt up and, and served to our Kodesh Baruch Hu, and we bring them up twice a day. We bring them up, one up in the morning, as um, uh, like, like shachrit time, and one up in the afternoon around, um, uh, around mincha time in the afternoon. So we have these two korbanot, and they're called the korban tamid. It's called the korban tamid because it's brought every single day, as it says here. Um, and you to tell them this is the fire offering that you are to bring to Hashem in the first year. Um, uh, sorry, male lambs in their first year unblemished, two a day as a continual elevation offering. One lamb service in the morning, second lamb service in the afternoon, with with the ephah flour and a whole spill, etc., 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 etc. And it's all about this concept of what we call the, the, the of called the korban tamid. So the question is, where does it come from? Why do we do it? And why is it so important? And why is it this thing that I've chosen to speak about? So there are a number of things that I want to look at. Let's first try and understand where it comes from. So there is a, um, a Tanadabai Eliyahu. So Tanadabai Eliyahu is one of the Midrashim. And the Tanadabai Eliyahu says that the source... So Hashem gives us Korbanot. Now what we need to understand is that normally, whenever there is something that Hashem gives us as a mitzvah, we, we need to find where it is rewarded from. We learned, uh, we learned that um, when, um, when, 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 uh, when, Moshe, when Moshe Rabbeinu is... Um, so is it Moshe? Sorry, when Avram Avinu, when Avram Avinu um, destroys the, um, the, the kings that had, t- that had taken his, his, his nephew Lot 
from Stom. He comes back and he says he has, didn't take anything. He didn't take Mishruchnal. He didn't take anything. He didn't take, and, and from that, we learn, we, we get the mitzvah of tzitzit and tefillin. Because he speaks about not taking a shoelace and not taking any cords of any sort. And so from that, we get the mitzvah of tefillin. But it's clear, therefore, what Chazal try and do is they try and trace back the mitzvahs that we have back to an event that happened with someone within Am Yisrael, um, primarily the Avot, in order for there to be some type of schut in the mitzvah that can really connect us back to the Avot. So now what we find, says the, the Tanah Deva Eliyahu um, Rabbah, he says that where does this mitzvah of bringing two korbanot, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, this korban olah, this, this, this complete elevation offering, where does it come from? What is the source of that in Chazal? And so in Tanah Deva Eliyahu, they say, that um, the day that Avram took Yitzchak to the Akedah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, oh, since you did the Akedah in the way that you did the Akedah, that you were prepared to be Moise Nefesh in the way that you were, since you were prepared to do that, so therefore I'm going to give you two korbanot, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. So um, it would seem to be that the reason why the, uh, the reward is given is because you have two people, one Avraham and one Yitzchak, who are so committed to do the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to fulfill that which Hashem wants, to honor HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the way that they did. And so therefore, their descendants, it, it's kind of like fits into their DNA. So we as their descendants then have the schut, we have the merit of being able to, um, to fulfill these two mitzvahs. Uh, this, this mitzvah of the Korban Tamid in the same way as they did one for Avram and one for Yitzchak. So, um, and, and in doing that, we show that we're, comp- we're, we're because of the Korban Ola, we're prepared to totally subjugate ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to do that which HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. But says uh, a book called Through the Prism of the Torah, um, he says the following. He says that that's a great idea that it comes because of the mysterious nefesh of Avram and of Yitzchak. But the question really is, is, and that's why we can understand why they're two korbanot, they're two lambs. But why does it have to be that one's in the morning, one's in the afternoon? Because if it's, Avram and Yitzchak, they didn't do it at different times. Everything, the whole thing, the Torah says, they walked together. So if they're walking together on this path, and the whole of Akedat Yitzchak happens at the same time, so then why would it be, or why would you think, that they would have two different korbanot, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. So the Reisha Rebbe says uh, that possibly we can say the following. He says, you know, every single person in our lives go through different stages. There's the stage of youth and there's the stage of when, we, when, we, when we're a little bit older. And each stage has its own assets and its own liabilities, its own positive and its own drawbacks. And so the... Um, what we, you know, someone, for example, a young person has got incredible vigor and idealism, and we see what's going on in America today. If you look carefully, you might know very young people are like all like going nuts, and they, you know, it's this passion, which is an amazing thing to have. Um, it's ambition to keep climbing higher, but at the same time, very often, what that passion and that vision comes with is a lack of understanding and a lack of maturity of the consequences of actions. Um, and so therefore we, we see that um, uh, the way Chazal say it, they say, Binyan yeladim stira, that the things that children, bro- that, that children uh, build, the things that immaturity builds, the thing, and immaturity is a function of emotion, that when we act out of an emotional space, um, like children do without any control, so that is the Binyan yeladim stira, 
The things that children build is sterilized destruction because very often it just doesn't, uh, doesn't last. You know, my, my kids, a shame, it's quite sweet. You know, like children now in this lockdown, they're all together. So they built this whole thing and uh, a pool and grass and all thing. And then at the end of the day, you know, you just pack it away and tomorrow morning they have to build something else. So that's the binyan, the binyan of the imstira. It's not going to be long lasting. However, when it comes to people with more maturity, people who have got more experience, um, since they have the experience, they're a little bit more prudent. And um, as, uh, as it says in Eov, uh, that uh, the, the, the older people are accompanied with a certain level of wisdom, right? But even though they have the wisdom and perhaps they have a, a vision of something for the future, but because as we get older, so we don't have the vigor, we don't have the strength to really execute on everything that we want to. And therefore, we try and bring other people up to who are able to assist, that with, to, to assist us. So, so you have these two stages of life, and those two stages of life really in both those stages of life, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, wants us to use the assets that we have for His service and, uh, and also to try and avoid getting sucked into the negative. And that's really what the Akedah was. When we speak about that Yitzchak and, uh, and Avram walked together, there you have these two things. You have this young man, Yitzchak, together with his very, very aged father, coming to do the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in, so to speak, they create this partnership of service, a partnership of service, but shachrit, shachrit, which is representative of when a person is much younger, and myriv, or in the, the evening, which is representative when a person is much older. And so therefore, because they came together in partnership, therefore they are rewarded with two korbanot, but two korbanot which span the whole day, because the morning is Yitzchak, and the afternoon is Avraham representing you. But what's fast, quite fascinating, interestingly enough, is that um, whilst he says that, the Gomorrah, the Gomorrah tells us that, um, that all of, that Shachlis, Mincha and Mairev are, are established um, corresponding to the Avot. So Abraham is Shachrit, Yitzchak is Mincha and Yaakov is Mairev. So that's quite interesting because now we have the complete opposite. Because what we're seeing here is that we said here that the, the Korban Tatamid in the morning is, um, is Yitzchak and the Korban Tatamid in the afternoon is, uh, is Avraham. But the actual tefillah themselves, the morning is Avraham and the afternoon is Yitzchak. And why is that? So that might also be connected to the Korban Tamid. Because the Korban Tamid, what is the purpose of the Korban Tamid? So I don't know if anybody's got a sitter, a sitter close to them. But in the sitter, and I'll use the art scroll just for, for the ease of reference, um, Right at the beginning, after we say brachot, the, uh, the, there is a mitzvah to actually say the korban tamid. And whoever's got a sidra, it's on page 32 in the art scroll. So the Rav Malamud, who is the, he's one of the great poskim today, he wrote a, he's written a series of books called Pninei Halacha. And in that series of books called Pninei Halacha, he, he covers everything. He's got an amazing stuff on women in, in Tefillah and women in Yiddishkeit and it's really worth getting those books. You can actually access a lot of his stuff online. Pninei uh, Halacha. I'll put it onto the, I'll put a couple of the links onto the group after the shir. But, um, so Rav Malamud says, you know, we, we're so obsessed with davening. Like davening is a big thing. Uh, you know, we, we, we really want to daven. But what is, so what do we daven? So, uh, we, you know, we say brochas, then we say psukah de zimra, and then we say everything that we have to say. We have the structure of davening. Says Rav Malamed that the truth is that this korban tamid, 
saying the Korban Tamid on a, day, on a daily basis and expressing it and understanding it on a daily basis is actually more important than saying all the Pesukah de Zimra if you don't say them with Kavona. Right? And that's why, because if you look carefully, you'll see so the, the, the introduction in, in all the Sidurim to be just before we say the Korban Tamid says the following. May it be your will, Hashem, our God and God of our forefathers, that you have mercy on us and pardon us for all our errors, atone us for all our iniquities, forgive our willful sins, and that you've rebuilt the holy temple speedily in our days, so that we may offer to you the continual offerings, so that it may atone for us as you have prescribed for us in your Torah through Moshe, your servant, for your glorious uh, mouth, as it is said. And then it says what, uh, what the Korban Tamid is. So what we see here, firstly, it's quite amazing that uh, this is a daily tefillah that we say, um, which reflects, uh, this is the kind of stuff that we speak about on Yom Kippur, to pardon all our transgressions and all our willful sins, all these things. Right? That's a Yom Kippur dicker way of thinking. Number one. Number two, you can see that one of the things that it says is that the purpose of the Korban Tamid, it was there to come as an atonement for us. So every single day, according to Chazal, when they would bring the Korban Tamid, the Korban Tamid brought in the morning and in the afternoon, it was brought in the morning to be machaper, to atone in some way for the Averas that Am Yisrael did in the night before, because it's the first thing that's done in the day, and then it's brought again in the afternoon to be machaper, to atone, for whatever Am Yisrael did during the day. So you have kind of, it's, it's the most unbelievable thing. We have these, this, this, these korbanot, this offering that's brought every single day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Why? In order to bring us atonement. So therefore we're living in, existing in the space of constant atonement in, in, a way, in some way or another. Now, there is an opinion that says that the first one is brought to an, to an atone for each individual's things. But the second one, and this was fascinating, says the second um, korban that is brought in the afternoon is brought as an atonement, not for the people who did the Aveira themselves, but for somebody, for me, myself, who may have done something that caused somebody else to do an Aveira. So the korban tamid, contains within it not only my kapora for my, my things, but it also contains in the ultimate in, um, in communal responsibility that I am seeking to, uh, to find a space where I am able to understand that I also have to be careful what I do to other people because in doing what I do to other people, I may cause them to do chas v'shalom averis and that's part of the korban tamid. So we have these two spaces of the korban tamid um, which, we look, which we got from Avram Avinu, from Yitzchak Avinu. We've got the, the kapora in the morning, the kapora in the afternoon. But let's try and understand what really is this Korban Tamid all about and why is it such a big thing? In fact, according to one opinion, the Korban Tamid is the most important mitzvah in the entire Torah. So that's quite a thing, right? To bring, to bring this Korban every single day in the morning and in the afternoon is the most important mitzvah in the entire Torah. Now, why would that be? That's a bit strange. So, Chazal explained, the reason is because it's a matter of consistency. It's a matter of doing things the right way all the time. And uh, that is the biggest thing that Hashem wants for us. Hashem wants us, you know, not to be um, seen to be other things other than what we are. And in order to achieve that point, we need to try and, um, and be consistent all the time. How do we do that? by this process of the, of the Korban Tamid. One in the morning, one in the afternoon, every single day, the same Korban. But as Rabbi Fran points out, you know, that's a beautiful idea. 
But um, the most difficult part of that is that, um, and we do it all the time, is we've got certain mitzvahs that we do every single day or do regularly. Um, and the problem when you do something regularly, what happens is that it loses its meaning and it loses its, uh, uh, the excitement of it. You know, some of us are a little bit more, um, uh, what's the right word? Like ADD than others. So it's okay. So like when, you know, I'll do one thing and I go to the next thing and I'm ex- excited about it as I was the day before because that's just my personality. But not everybody's like that. And especially when it comes to consistency. When people are very careful to do the same thing right day by day, then it loses the passion that it needs to have. And um, that in fact is exactly what the pitfall is of the Korban Tamid. Right, every day, day in, day out, morning, afternoon, as long as the Beis HaMikdash is standing, there's this concept of, uh, of doing the same thing. But obviously, the problem is we're gonna, we risk, we risk, the biggest risk is the novelty and the doing of this thing mechanically. So therefore, they look at the carefully, the Torah says um, that Tzavit B'nai Yisrael v'amah speak to B'nai Yisrael and say to them, et korbani lachmi, it's my korban. It's not your korban. It's my korban. It's korbani, my korban. Lachmi, it's my bread. Le'ishai, for my fire. Re'ach nichochi, for my um, uh, aroma. Tishmaru, you have to be careful, Hakriv libamado, to bring up to me. It's not your korban. It's my korban. And let's understand what this whole thing means. What does it mean that Hashem has got it's his korban? Fine, I understand. That's an offering that I have to bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But what does it mean, lachmi? Lachmi, the word lechem means, everybody knows this, means bread. So how do you tell me that the korban is Hashem's bread? Bread means that he needs something to eat. Hashem does not need eating. Uh, just by the way, you know, Hashem's very, he's got a perfect diet. He doesn't eat anything, right? There's no, there's no reason for a Kodesh Baruch to have bread. If there's no reason for a Kodesh Baruch to have bread, why does he refer to the korban as his lachmi? So the, the Rav Naftali Tzvi Yoda Berlin, the Natsiv, says a most astounding thing that um, really has, has changed my, my, my way of thinking about a lot of things because it means we have to look so much deep in things. He says, what is lechem? What does the word lechem mean? So we know that it means bread. But he says, he quotes from a pasuk, that the word lechem doesn't just mean bread. The word lechem actually means the means of bringing two things together and sticking them together so that's almost impossible to... Um, to, to pull them apart. Uh, because it's so, so tightly stuck together, there's no air between them, so there's no space between them to even get in to get them. As he says, And then you cannot separate them from each other in any way. And that's what the word, word means. And he says, that's what the bread is. What is bread? Bread is representative of the food that we eat. What's the food that we eat? What is it supposed to do? The food that we, are, that we eat is supposed to be machaber. It's supposed to join the guf and the nefesh in a very strong way. It's supposed to, to connect the two together. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that the korbanot are called lachmi, my bread. Why? You know why? Because it connects Hashem with Am Yisrael. The reason why we have to bring these things every day, it's like any relationship that exists. 
any relationship that exists has to be worked on. Um, you know, no matter which relationship it is, it has to be worked on. It has to be worked on daily, some, some can suffice weekly, some monthly, whatever the case is, but it has to be worked on. The relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because it's so um, surreal and it, because it's not, it's not so easy to see and to always be able to perceive it, we need to be able to work on that daily and not even daily, twice daily, because that's the only way we can connect in the most profound way, says the Nitziv. And therefore, when it speaks about korbani lachmi, if I go into an understanding that every single day what I am doing is that not that I'm bringing a korban to Hashem. What I'm doing is I'm bringing myself closer to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. Then we can actually understand what davening is. We've spoken before about the concept of tefillah. That tefillah is not just um, prayer. That I just, you know, I say the words that I need to say. But rather tefillah is really connecting profoundly with um, with, uh, with our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now I can only do that if I'm working on myself. Because I can't connect as the same person today in the same way tomorrow. Because if I'm doing that, then I'm not, not achieving anything. I've got to be connecting in a much more profound way. So every single day has to be different. If every single day has to be different in terms of my connection, so then what I see is that the Korban Tamid is a function of my desire to connect with Hashem in a different way. And I can do it twice a day differently because I want to connect differently. I want to be that lechem. I want to be that connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the most profi- profound way. And then he says something amazing. He says that's what the word Milchama means as well. And Milchama is a war. We know that. But what does Milchama mean? Milchama means two opposing sides hitting each other closely all the time, like this, all the time, all the time. So we have a choice in our lives. Either we're going to have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is Lechem, or we're going to have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is Milchama. That's our choice. That's up to what we have to do. Now, why am I, why am I so, um, like, what's the right word? Um, excited about the Korban Tamid for this year, because we know that on Thursday, we're going to be um, at Shiva Saba Tamas. We commemorate Shiva Saba Tamas, and Shiva Saba Tamas is a very difficult day. It's a difficult day because five specific things happened on that day. The first thing is the Shvirat Luchot. The first thing is Moshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchot. He broke the, the, five tablet, the, 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 the two tablets, and that was a very difficult space for Am Yisrael to be in. The second thing that happened, the, uh, the, the Gomorrah tells us, is that in the time of the Beit HaMikdash, there was what we call Bitul HaTamid. That since the time they had come out of Mitzrayim and started the Korban Tamid, which is what we're reading about now, since the time they had started that, until the time of the Beit HaMikdash, there had been a Korban Tamid every single day, twice a day. And then it came along the Beit HaMikdash, came along Nebuchadnezzar, and when they, um, they surrounded uh, Yerushalayim to the point that they could not no longer access animals, and they had to stop the Korban Tamid. Now, that's an unbelievable thing when you think about it. So let's go to the others quickly as well. The other ones are um, that there was a, a, a posthumous um, uh, burnt one, a, a Sefer Torah in the, in the Beit HaMikdash. The, the walls of the Yerushalayim were, were breached on the 17th of Tammuz. And they also put a, a, an idol in the, um, in, into the Heikal, into the, uh, into the main sanctuary. But let's go back to the Korban Tamid. That um, the fact that the Korban Tamid stopped meant that the consistent relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu stopped. It meant that the way Am Yisrael were able to engage with Hashem is no longer the same. Because if you don't have the Korban Tamid, then what do you have? 
you have nothing. Because remember, in the times of the Beit HaMikdash, they didn't have davening like we had. Davening was a completely different process. Um, they didn't have Sidurim, they didn't have the Shemona Esrei like, like we had. Davening was totally different, and the Korban Tamid was a representative of the whole community coming together. And it's because of that, that we have this concept of Unashalma Parim Sifatainu. Let my, my lips complete the parim, complete the, um, the, the animals that are brought for offerings. And that means that we, on a daily basis, should try um, in some way to, uh, to engage with, with the different korbanot. And that's why when it comes to the korbanot, what we do is that we daven, uh, when, we, when we say in Musaf, every Musaf we actually mention the korban of that specific day in order so just by saying the words, it is if we actually brought up that korban in the absence of the Beit HaMikdash. And that's true so much for, um, for the Korban Tamid as well. And that's why I explained to you that, the, that one should, if one is able to, to say that, that the Korban Tamid on a daily basis. It's a beautiful thing to say. It's a beautiful thing to learn about. And, it even, uh, and there's no reason why, why, why we shouldn't say it. Because really what it does, it brings us back into the, into the space of, uh, of the consistency of how we're supposed to live our lives. The, um, the Slonimer Rebbe asks a question, and that this question really then starts to color a lot about, um, about how we see the Korban Tamid and how we see Yoshua. We understand that there's what the, the way the, the Torah refer, refers to it is there's Ein Muktam Umulchar Torah. That the way things are written in the Torah, for most part, there's no real um, uh, timeline. The timeline of the narratives is the timeline of the narratives. But the mitzvahs that come in between all the different narratives, not necessarily given at that point in time of the narrative. And specifically when it comes to all the korbanot that are given in this week's parsha, because at the end of parsha Pinchas, all the korbanot, all the Musaf korbanot are, are written. And it's worthwhile having a look at them because you'll recognize them from davening on Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos and everywhere. You'll recognize the, the, the words and there, there's so much in each one. But the, um, the, the, the Shlonim Rebbe says he tries to understand why, if, the, the, if there's no um, specific timeline within the, Torah, the way the Torah puts it, why does the Torah put the Korbanot right here in Parsha Pinchas, which is juxtaposed, i.e. just before the Korbanot, is the discussion about the establishment of Yehoshua as the leader of the Jewish people after Moshe. So, he wants to say the following, and it's, a, it's, it's an important thing for us to understand. He says that the korbanot that were brought in the, whilst they were traveling around in the Midbar, in the desert, were exactly the same in their form and in their structure as the korbanot that are going to be brought in Eretz Israel. Identical. And in fact, according to, to the Gomorrah in Chagiga and other places, every korban that is mentioned in Parshat Pinchas was brought for the 40 years that they were traveling in the desert. And Parshat Pinchas is at the end of the 40th year. So every single korban is mentioned and was done for 40 years. Why is it mentioned here at the time of Yerusha? It says because what the Torah is trying to emphasize is that whilst the physical nature of the korban is identical at, at the time of Yerusha and, um, and at the time of Moshe, the, uh, the essence of the korban is different. And says the Son of Merebah, that every single generation has got its own challenge and every generation has got its own specific mitzvah that it's supposed to focus on. And he quotes this from um, Rav Eliezer, um, 
Rav Elimelech of Lizhinsk, the Noam Elimelech. The Noam Elimelech said in his time, he's the one who started this concept. He said in his time, which is uh, whatever, it's like the, the 18, late 1800s, I think, that uh, the, the, the challenge of his generation was the mitzvah of tzitzit. Now, I don't know why. I don't understand it, but that's okay. That's the challenge of his generation. And says the Slonim Rebbe, that from here we can see that every single generation has its own challenge. And the challenges are numerous, and the challenges are difficult. And obviously you have to keep all 613 mitzvot. That's not the discussion. The discussion is which is the specific mitzvah of the day. Now in the time of when they were traveling through the, uh, through the, through the Midbar, this is the time of the, of the foundation of the Jewish people. And the foundation of the Jewish people must then reflect, says the Salam Rebbe, on the three things, the three Yosodot of the Olam, the three um, fundamental pillars of the world. What are those? Torah, Avodah, and Gimilut Chasadim. Torah, Avodah, Gimilut Chasadim. He says the generation of Moshe, they were the generation of Torah. The, Torah, the, the, um, the Gemara tells us that Lo Nitnu that the Torah was given to the Ochleaman only. It was given to those who ate the man because those people are on such a high level. Can you imagine? You know, it's one thing like hearing a shear from me, which I think is, uh, is reasonable. But can you imagine hearing a shear from Moshe Rabbeinu? I mean, that's like a different level, completely. I mean, we're talking about the man who spoke to Reboi Shaloila. Imagine having a shear from him. So if you're hearing a shear from Moshe Rabbeinu, the level of Torah, of understanding, of connection to Hashem through Torah is on a different space. That was the generation of Moshe. He says the generation of Yehoshua, which is now about to be going into the land of Israel, is not the generation of Torah anymore. It's now the generation who has to found the, the, the pillar of the th- second pillar. Remember, it's Torah, Avodah, Gimilut Chasadim. The second one is the t- pillar of Avodah. Avodah means work. We know that. It means labor. When Chazal speak about Avodah, what they're specifically speaking about is, is uh, we call it Avodah Shebalev, the service of the heart, the bringing of korbanot, all those different things. But says the Slana Mereba, why is it so important for the generation of Yehoshua to be the one that is challenged with the pillar of Avodah? He says, because for the first time in history of Am Yisrael, Am Yisrael were formed, remember, and coming out of Mitzrayim. Before that, there was just a little tribe. But now they become this nation. For the first time in history of Am Yisrael, as they're about to go across into Eretz Yisrael, they have to understand the value of working hard. For the first time, because they've never had to work hard. You know, it's, uh, you just have to walk outside, pick up a little bit of this man, and uh, eat it, and it's terrific. You never had to work hard, you never had to plow, you never had to do anything. But as they're going into the land of Israel, that's where they're going to have to learn to work hard. And that's the pillar of Avodah. Because we need to understand that Avodah, the harder, and this is what he says, which is an amazing thing. The harder we put Avodah Shebalev first, the more it will impact on the Avodah that we do during the rest of the day. There's a halacha that says that, um, this is mine, this is not the Slana Mareba, this is my, my idea, which I, I think is an extension of the Slana Mareba. There's a halacha that says, that before you daven, you're not allowed to even say Shalom Aleichem to somebody. The first thing that we're supposed to do, we're not allowed to do anything for ourselves, is we're supposed to daven. We wake up in the morning, we daven. We're not supposed to eat. There's a whole discussion. Uh, um, uh, can you drink coffee? Can you drink coffee with milk? Can you have tea without milk? You know, you certainly shouldn't have breakfast. We should daven first. 
So uh, I know by uh, by Chabad they have a minag to eat first. That's based on a on a story which which happened, and, and uh, I'm not going into that now. But from Meikar Adin and the Shulchan Aruch says, what do we do? The first thing you do, you got to daven, and after you daven, then the Shulchan Aruch says, then you must go and learn, and after you've learned, you must go and work. So why is that the order? And I think that it's very simple because if we daven first and we invest ourselves in our avodah Balev, our service of the heart our work of the heart, then when it comes to the rest of the things that we're going to invest ourselves into, the rest of the avodah that we do, then that avodah is, um, is colored, is blessed, is infused with the spirit of the avodah that we did early in the morning. And therefore the, 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 um, the quality of our avodah is completely different. And, um, and, and you know, for, for, I know for myself, I, if I don't, uh, let's say something comes up and I can't daven first thing in the morning and something comes up I had to do with the kids or whatever. My, my whole day is different. It just colors things differently. It doesn't have the same flow. And that's what the Slonim is saying. That when B'nai Israel now are, are standing on the border of Eretz Israel, they're about to go and they need to learn. Not, they didn't need this learning when they were in the Midbar, were running around with Moshe. But if they're about to go into Eretz Israel, they need to learn the value of the pillar of Avodah. Not only spiritual Avodah, but physical Avodah. The physical worth, work is infused with the, with the brocha and the kavana that we have in our davening in the morning. And um, I'd like to you now just to, to finish on, on one more idea, which doesn't really have to do completely with the... Um, with, uh, with the Korban Tamid, with the, with the Korban Tamid, but we do understand that the Bittul Korban Tamid started, starts what we call the Yemei Bena Mitzarim, the days which are between the straits, between the narrow confines. As we go into the three weeks, the three weeks are, um, are days of intense communal mourning. They're intense communal mourning where we, where we don't do things that we would normally do. It's the complete reverse of Shiva, um, Shloshim, and, uh, and the 12 months. Because, and we, we start off uh, certain things that we don't do. We don't engage with, uh, with, any, with entertainment, with live music, things like that. And then it gets, gets, gets more and more and more intense until we hit Tisha B'Av and we fast. So it's the complete opposite of, of a normal <coughs> excuse me, morning process. But it all starts with, this, um, with, this, with the beetle of the Korban Tamid, where the Korban Tamid starts. And says the Nesiva Shalom, the, the, um, the Slonim Rebbe, the following. He says that these are the days where we, because we don't have the Beit HaMikdash in the way that we had, that these are the days where we, we, we now look to, um, to, to Yeshua, we look to salvation. And Chazal said, Anybody who really delves into the understanding, like we are doing now, into the Korban Ola, into the Korban um, Tamid, into this complete offering, is as if they brought the offering. So right now what we are doing, Learning about the Korban Olah is as if we bring, we've actually brought it up. We've connected with Hashem in a very profound way. Anybody who deals with all the other different Korbanot, it's as if they brought that, that Korban themselves. And it doesn't say just somebody who learns about them. It says somebody who really tries to understand them. Because what we have to, to, have to understand is what it means. And he says the following. That the 22 days... Because it's, you know, including the, the 17th of Thomas is 22 days. Bain, uh, uh, of the Bain these days between 17th of Thomas to Tisha B'Av, ca- correspond to the 22 days 
the Yamim Akadoshim, the Yamim Noraim, that's Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shemini Atzeres, and Pesach. We understand that all those 22 days all come together. And he says, why is that so important? Because those, those days when we do not have the Korbanot are, are days which should be days that are so bright and full of life and full of so much um, um, uh, connection. But if we don't have the Korbanot, then what we're missing is that connection. And so therefore, when we delve and understand what the Korbanot mean, we recreate that connection in the most profound way. And that's really what we're trying to do, is that we're trying to, to say during these three weeks, let that be the morning of the, um, uh, of the lack of Korbanot. Let that be the only time where we will experience the lack of Korbanot. Because please God, as we go out of the three weeks and uh, Tisha B'Av will, will come and bring us a certain level of, uh, of Simcha, because it says that Tisha B'Av is called a Moed, it's called a, a festival. But we have to go through the process to get to that festival and we'll go through that process and ultimately, please God, we'll be able to come, come out of it much stronger and be able to celebrate on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shemini Atzeris, all these times, which are times of great joy, but at the moment are marred by the fact that we don't have this Korban Tamid that, uh, or any of the other Korbanot which we spoke about over, the, over this period of, um, uh, of the Shir. And therefore, what we need to do is through doing by what we do um, by the Korban Tamid, and I'm going to just explain what I mean. By doing the Korban Tamid, we create the Binyan Beit HaMikdash. We create the building of the Beit HaMikdash. How do we do that? Let's understand. Because if we're going to say, as we said before, that the Korban Tamid is Korban, Korbani Lachmi, it's this thing that connects us with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. One of the things that I'm battling most in this time of COVID is, um, is I know that people are going to get sick. And I know that unfortunately people are going to get really sick. And that's very difficult. Um, but the biggest difficulty for me with that, as it is with everything else, is that you can't speak to people. You can't say hello to a person. You know, just sometimes I just uh, go to the shop just to say hello to a human being. You know, over, over a normal hello. Um, and I think that is the most difficult part. Why is that such a big thing? To be able to say hello to a person, just to connect with a person. Because each one of us have within us Right, a chelik elohamimal. We've got a piece of Hakadosh Baruch Hu in ourselves. We we are all made but selim elokim. And whilst it's great to see everybody on Zoom, and it really is, you see, if, if you look at the Zoom, you can see that all these rows where we can't even see the people. No, I'm not trying to say anything, but just you know, it's nice to see the people. But but even though we see people and we're connecting with people, it's not the same. The korban tamid really is about finding space to connect with the godliness with of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and for sure the godliness with the people around us. That's why it's a communal offering. And Bezrat Hashem will be able to find that space. We'll be able to come together as a community soon to be able to daven together, to connect together, to socialize together, and really without any danger or anything that, that, that's stopping us. I wish everybody should be safe. This will be our last year um, uh, until after the school holidays, which start uh, this week, thank God. And uh, please, God, everybody should be safe, should be well, and, uh, and uh, just keep safe and be well, just be careful. God bless everybody. Thanks for joining. Looking forward to starting up after the holidays. God bless everybody. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. 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 Thank